KJR, serving the Pacific Northwest from Seattle. Did you hear that temperature from the newsroom? It's 74 degrees. Look at that blue sky. Welcome, everybody, to the Paddle Day program. This is Mitch Ryder, the Detroit Wheel. With us, one of the great disc jockeys of all time, Pat O'Day. Pat, how are you? Well, delighted to hear your voice again and uh, to be here uh, with you. And how am I? I'm just fine. Oh, that's I'm great. sitting in my little old office here in Friday Harbor, just peddling dirt. Yeah, well, uh, you do a good job of it there. My God, what a beautiful island. We get down there to see uh, see you and Stephanie once in a while, and we got to do that more often. Uh, we're talking about DJs and radio and Basically, in many ways, the end of an era. It's sort of like the end of the, as I said to you one day, the steam locomotive engineers or the end of the gunfighters. We we had a hell of a run. I, I think that uh, it's not our fault that it's fading because uh, the human voice is so powerful. But do you really think this is the end of the road for the DJ? Pat, what's your opinion? Well, uh, it all depends on whether the radio industry continues to enjoy the great profitability they do today with their sterile approach or whether reality comes and bonks them in the head and they have to compete again. Right. Uh, I kind of wonder, I don't know if it'll happen with online programming or whether it'll happen with satellite programming or what, but if anybody ever puts three great three-dimensional radio back on the air where there's thought-provoking and fun, entertaining companionship presented by the DJs along with the music, then today's radio would be in a whole bunch of hurt and they'd have to react. Yeah. Reaction time is going to be a little slow because they're not training any new DJs, and I don't know where they'll come from. But uh, I think uh, that, uh, you see, Red, you and I were lucky. We grew up in the days when radio was a totally three-dimensional thing with the Lone Ranger and Red Ryder and and Jack Benny and Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy, and where radio was truly the theater of the mind. Right. And we enjoyed the benefit of hearing that as youngsters, so we, the radio that you and I did, always had to be that way. And, of course, somewhere along the line, that uh, that art has, has slipped through the cracks and has been replaced by something that could be totally computerized in most cases. But again, faced with competition of great three-dimensional radio and uh, and what is heard today will succumb. I know. You know, one of the great uh, fun things we did together and separately, I always had the most fun in breaking a new record. To me, that was always fun. And I'd sit in there. I don't know how you did it. I want to hear your description. But what I would do is go in with a stack on one of those old uh, RCA a big uh, uh, 45 players, you know, they were a little player, really, and put them on and, you know, type or prepare my show and listen to every side, then turn them over and listen to the other side. And that way I found things like that'll be the day with Buddy Holly. But the biggest one that I ever had was with you when you phoned one day and said, Red, do you have a Japanese community in Vancouver? And I said, yeah, a great Nisei uh, community. You said, I'm sending you a record. Don't ask questions. Just play it and watch your phones ring. Remember that? Yep. Rukiyaki by Kai Sakamoto. And we broke it for the world. Well, well you did. You my, did. My greatest, uh, uh, what would we say, achievement in all my years in radio was I was the guy that broke Wooly Bully by Sam the Sham. <laughs> you say that 
Susan, I had just had a tin ear. <laughs> but you know, that's true. We would take records and go in and listen to them, and if we liked them, we would put them on the air immediately. We might call it our pick of the week or whatever. We'd play it and, and let the people respond, and that way our music always had that vibrance of being fresh and new. Now today, of course, they overly test and overly research every song before they play it, and then they play it to death. And uh, as a result, radio doesn't have the vibrance and the immediacy that it used to have, nor does it reconnoiter the artistic frontiers that it used to. That's true. Now, in, in your case, Pat, when you first started into radio, what attracted you? Was it the music you were hearing on the radio? Was it the personalities or was it the combination? What was it that specifically drew you to say, I got to do this? My father was a minister had a daily radio program from the time I was a baby, and I used to go to the radio station with him, and by the time I was seven years old, I said, oh, that's, I never wanted to be a minister, but I wanted to be in radio. So all the way, if you'd asked me in in junior high school what I was going to do, I'd never say a pilot or a fireman or a doctor. I wanted to be in radio. And so with that desire to be in radio, that was the basis of my education, assuming I would end up being a newscaster or a play-by-play sports guy or something. But then, just as I am entering into radio, that evolution that benefited Red and I so richly called Top 40 Radio and Rock and Roll and the Hits came about. So I was just in the right place at the right time. Yeah, and even when the formats got tighter, and yours was one of the first pre-Bill Drake, because I think Drake went down a different road, but nice and tight, uh, you still were able to retain your personality, and the guys on the air, the KJR All-American guys, were um, uh, very able to do it, too. They they, they had talent. Right as the program director, I had a criteria, I had a goal, I had a, uh, what would you call it, a banner, and that is that, uh, that was every half an hour, any disc jockey that was on my radio station had to make you laugh, had to make you cry, had to make you do something. And uh, that was what we insisted on, and uh, we felt personality was and still is an essential part of the uh, happy presentation of music because it gives you that companionship and that fun that music alone will not transmit. Give us a list for those that don't know, because I know the trouble when you and I talk is that we know so much about each other. But tell us about that KJR stable over the years, some of the great talent that went through your place. Oh, goodness. Uh, Well, let's see. There was uh, uh, no one will ever replace Lan Roberts and Emperor Smith, some of our great morning disc jockeys, Scotty Brink, uh, world-famous Tom Murphy, Mike (laughs) Phillips, Dick Curtis, uh, Jerry Kay, Larry Lujak, uh, Kevin O'Brien, who later is Kevin Matheny, who went on to be PD of WNBC New York, and had that famous row with Howard Stern. Uh, let's see, who else? So many, Norm Gregory, Gary Shannon, newsmen like Frank Thompson, that great professional from Vancouver, and uh, well, there's a few. No, no kidding. But uh, they were, and everybody that you've named, for the most part, there's always exceptions, but they were dedicated to the art of radio as we were. Absolutely dedicated to the uh, the feeling that they were true entertainers that uh, presented music and presented it well. But uh, they were the frame around that music, and they offered a frame of uh, companionship and entertainment and a lot of laughs. Well, you know, you've been a great entertainer all through your career, Pat, and I was very fortunate to uh, read your book that you have out. But, you know, I think that, would you mind telling the audience 
what the name of your book is because they would love to well, be was, entertained by this as well. It was just rock and roll. I know that. But tell where can they get it, Pat? Uh, it was all just rock and roll. But if you go to Amazon.com, uh, you can just type in my name. Uh, you, first, you bring up books. And then just type in Pat O'Day. And Volume 1 and Volume 2 are offered on that site. Make sure you take Volume 2. That's the rewrite with about 80 additional pages. And uh, it'll be in the mail to you before Christmas. And I think Terry Stewart at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, after reading your book now, because I was talking to him on, on the phone, I think they want it for the gift shop. So you and I will talk about that some other time. Well, Red, why don't you be my wholesaler then? <laughs> hey, hey, can I be your agent? Yeah, you've always been in front of me. And I was telling you earlier in the conversation before we went on the air that, that every time I turn around, I get beat by Red. I don't care what it is. He beat me to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He beat me drag racing in Arlington years ago. Oh, no. Uh, I went up to MC the... Uh uh, an event in Victoria. I thought it, they. Th- I thought I was going to be the big deal. I get on stage. There's Red Robinson. You know, it just never. So go ahead, be my agent. <laughs> Pat, I want to thank you for this. We've had great days. I think uh, I try to recommend to listeners a book on uh, what I call the Knights of the Turntable. That's people like you and me and Robert W. Morgan and uh, Tom Murphy and all the guys. Uh, and uh, it's a book called The DJs by Arnold Passman. Came out in the seventies. But there haven't been many books written about uh, uh, our particular breed of performer, and and I think uh, that I would like to see that happen. Red, you know what I think, and and I uh, I'm not on radio regularly now. I still broadcast a hydroplane race and do some commercials now and then. But uh, as I sit here in my real estate office, I will tell you that I was able to participate in I think one of the highest callings one can follow and that is that being a disc jockey it's a it's a wonderful thing to uh, present music music that's changed the world and i'm proud of those years as i spent as a disc jockey and i'm proud to associate with you and all those others our other brothers in broadcasting that spun those records and made people smile you are fortunate in so many ways as i am but you you're outstanding in that if anybody gets to the experience music project in seattle there's a whole display called Northwest Passage, and the voice you'll hear and the pictures you'll see, Pat O'Day. Pat, thank you. Red, always a joy, my friend. Thank you. 74 degrees and beautiful right now. They all request number 421-9290. And when you call, you'll hear somebody say, All-American, all-request, KJR. Tell us your favorite song. We'll play it for you as quick as we can. What a day I had yesterday. You know, it's Boeing's 50th anniversary. Happy birthday, Big B. They put on an air show for the families of the employees at the Renton Airport. And you say, why were you there, Pat? <laughs> I may end up there someday. Anyway, took the boat down, sat on the lake. I hope you had a chance to see it. 50th anniversary, and they brought out some of their original old airplanes. They had the 247, which was their very first passenger plane of any consequence. And they had an old one, the first airplane Boeing ever built. They built this replica just for the 50th birthday. And has three wings and goes about 60 miles an hour. Strange thing. Had an old man piloting it. Kept swooping over my boat saying, I'm Orville Wright. All-American, KJR, Seattle, Channel 95.